There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free farm to store in days not weeks that's 80 acres farms did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate but not 80 acres farms their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled they stay fresher for longer in your fridge My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. No, she's M to F. She's Mattel to female. Shut up. She's she and I'm me. Not me. Not a whiny. Yo. 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 God. What is your childhood trauma? I am a cocksucker. Woohoo! Your life's going down the toilet. Usually, some surrender. Welcome to Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. And you should become a patron at patreon.com slash like a virgin for exclusive bonus content now, including weekly recaps of And Just Like That. We've also got snippets from some of our interviews with guests. This week, there was some bonus content from our discussion with Trixie Mattel about all things Barbie. So become a patron. That's right. We'll be putting our live shows up there. We do DVD commentary and talk through like full watches of like shows or movies. Yeah, become a Matreon, Patreon, Patreon, what have you. At patreon.com slash like a virgin. And while we're doing, you know, shameless self-promotion, mm-hmm. Fran, do you want to tell the virgins about um, something you've got going on this week? That's right. Um, thank you for teeing up my shameless promotion. I mean, it's not even promoting me. It's just promoting fun. Um, this weekend, July 29th, um, I'm working with a bunch of other cool trans people to organize this thing we're calling Doll Invasion on Fire Island. So basically, we're taking over a house in um, the island that has a pool and will be housing 100% trans people. And we're inviting anybody in the tri-state area, anybody in the tri-state area to come um, spend the day and have a place to, to hang, um, specifically for trans people. Um, trans people get in free. Uh, so if you are cisgender and you want to come, you will have to pay a door entry, but you are also welcome 
Um, and it's and gonna how be can how can virgins support this endeavor if they're not going to actually attend? Oh, that's another really good question, Rose. Thank you for all it. Wow, am I in like am I seated on the Tonight Show right now? Like I feel so cared for. Um, yeah, you can check out the flyer on my bio that has all of the details, information, including a sign up link. Um, we need people to sign up in order to get a head count. Um, but yeah, we are also still fundraising for this event. We're still trying to pay accommodation costs. We're trying to cover like food and drinks. We're trying to get transportation stipends for attendees. So if you are an affluent gay who is really passionate about trans issues or passionate about, I don't know, gaycation destinations, you live on the island or you just like me, you can actually support this endeavor by sending um, me money. All of the Money goes to trans labor, trans resources, everything for adult invasion. Anything that's overraised is going to go to For the Girls. And that information is all on my Instagram. But basically, you can Venmo me or PayPal me at FriendSquishGo or Zell me at FriendSquishGo at gmail.com. Wow. And uh, you can also do that if you're a wealthy hetero. I'm sure we have some straight listeners. And actually, if you're cis hetero, you should um, donate more. Actually, can I complain really quickly just because we're here? Always. Um, Girl. I, for this event, I, which I had this, uh, the idea for this event last summer and it didn't really get momentum until May when I finally got um, a kind of production partner to cover all of like the EV, AV equipment and stuff. But I have been introduced personally to so many different persons of interest who I was told would be interested in donating to this like initiative, right? So I've been introduced to like venture capitalists, like millionaires, people married to millionaires, people that own property on the island, like art collectors, like people whose like whole thing is like to be wealthy. And not a single oh, one, of, not a single one of them donated, not one. Like that's crazy. Well, that's because rich people hoard their wealth so they can stay rich. Actually, I shouldn't. Say, there was actually a really there was a white man who was very proud of himself for mailing me a check for two hundred dollars. But like aside from that, all the other people who have funded this event have been my friends. So thank you to my friends for showing up. But also, like we don't want like I don't want just my friends to support this. So yeah, get in touch. Read all about it. And come, if you can. Um, okay, shameless promotion, Oba. Now it's time to talk about the name on everyone's lips. And that name is Barbenheimer. This is our Barbenheimer episode in that in the back half of the episode, we will be talking specifically about Barbie, which we both saw this weekend separately. Um, And uh, on the front half of this episode, aka right now, I'm going to talk a little bit about Oppenheimer, which I saw this morning at 9.15am in Boca Raton, Florida. I was in a movie theater with exclusively, I would say, people over the age of 60. Love. And me. Um, Which is really, to me, that is a safe space. It's how I grew up, you know, Mm -hmm. surrounded by old people Mm -hmm. in God's waiting room here in in Florida. So it was kind of the perfect experience to see that film in. A film that I tried to get my grandpa to come with me to see. And his response was, why would I do that? I know how it ends. 
Honestly, because he thinks that movies exist only to impart information rather than to be art and make you feel something. So to him, the idea of going to a movie that sought to recreate historical events was completely pointless seeing as how he has read about them in books. Yeah, the, the ending has been spoiled for him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and even if I said, if I mentioned spoilers, he would not know what that was. Um, Can I tell so, you, your grandpa kind of spilled, because I also was just like, I already know how it ends, I don't want to see this. Um, like, I might go see it, like, you know, because I'm a stubbornista, and I can get movies for quote-unquote free. Um, but I was like your grandpa, I was just like, look, I don't need, I don't know, I already know how this ends, I don't need, like, the guy who made the atom bomb, like, humanized, I guess. But I... What yeah, was it? I'm I, really curious as to your experience. Yeah, I don't think you'll like it. I mean, first of all, because it's three hours long yeah, and it yeah. is a lot of just men talking about stuff. Ooh, but not my favorite. Genre. I I loved it. Yeah. It's okay. So it's such a good movie. It's so well made. Um it's it really is like a collection of some of the most famous actors in Hollywood as well as like random people who you're like oh that guy like literally one of the one of the big bads from Buffy had a minor role you know oh. it's like that kind of thing like a bunch of random like character actors and um That's alongside fun. like Emily Blunt and Matt Damon um but they all everyone has but besides Killian Murphy you know who is Oppenheimer and who is the baby girl of this film everyone else just kind of like comes in does a scene or two and then you know moves on like it's an ensemble piece yeah but it's a great movie it's very um sweeping while at the same time being very tight on this man's story it like is and is not a biopic it also is much more about it's not just about the creation of the atom bomb it's also about the fallout from it and later in oppenheimer's life he was tried is the wrong word but he was there was sort of like a tribunal about his communist ties and that is kind of the framing device of the film and um those scenes are are like equally as tense as the stuff about the the bomb uh lots of like random people in there who have not like done anything in forever like josh hartnett was in there and josh so, hartnett so hot oh my god um, uh, but he, um like um also i think the josh from drake and josh is in it no um, what in a random role um but it is Incredibly well made. You know, Christopher Nolan is an amazing director. Um, It's beautiful to look at. The sound design and the score are incredible. The acting is amazing. You know, Killian Murphy slayed Robert Downey Jr., who is um, this figure in, in... you find out like later in the film in opposition to Oppenheimer um, was incredible. And I'm so glad he's like out of the clutches of Marvel and is making movies like this. Um, Emily Blunt, you know, is not given a ton to do because this is a Christopher Nolan movie and Mm -hmm. he famously um, does not know how to write women Mm -hmm. and doesn't really want them in his movies, Mm -hmm. uh, but he'll take them if he has to. Very Tolkien Um, of him. 
but she the stuff that she has is amazing like there's one scene late in the film where she's called on to be um a witness in this like uh, like quote unquote trial against Oppenheimer and she's a drunk like she's a drunk mess like swollen face like what a, and you think that this guy who's sort of like leading the you know like prosecution is gonna like tear her to shreds and she fucking eviscerates him and it's incredible and she probably she will definitely get nominated for best supporting actress at the oscars um and has she been nominated already could potentially win uh i'm not sure maybe maybe phoebe you can fact check that for us um i have Um, a stupid question was there action yes the most action is when they test the bomb okay. which is which like is the climax of the movie but oh. then but then it happens and then there's like another hour of the movie um which is much more about the, uh okay Emily Blunt has never been nominated wow. I do think this will be she will absolutely be nominated That's for it. this um Florence Pugh is also really great in this she has two very weird sex scenes with Killian Murphy. What? Um, it's really strange, but it works. Um, Killian Murphy, his eyes are so blue. His waist is so snatched. I actually don't really know anything about Killian Murphy. He is a, an Irish actor with eyes as blue as the sea. Um, right. And as I've, lips as I've that look like they have had at least a full syringe of Juvederm. Pumped into them. I said how we like them. Just oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, period. Um, it also, I mean, when we start talking about Barbie, like, I will, I think there is something to be said about, you know, not only are these two movies where they released on the same day, but they both kind of are about this thing that was introduced to the world and, like, irrevocably changed it for good or evil Hmm. Oppenheimer reckons with that a lot more than I think Barbie does yeah um ultimately um well I mean you know probably I mean actually I haven't seen Oppenheimer but when we talk about Barbie let me tell you the whole movie was about critiquing Barbie which I thought was pretty cool Mm. I will we'll get to it I don't I don't I don't know that it successfully Critique. I think it um, presents well, questions without actually answering them. Yeah, yeah, that is. Um, but Oppenheimer Slade. I don't know that I would ever watch it again, but I really, really enjoyed it, and it did not feel overly long. I did not get up to pee at all. I was really fascinated. You know, it's not perfect, but. It's really, really fucking good. I'm like just really glad that you saw the movie, so that we don't have to have to at all. That you that is really like such a public service. Um, you're seeing it for people around the world, Rose. That oh, is a service I am happy to provide. And you know, I wasn't sure I was gonna see it, and I'm glad I did. Much like I wasn't sure I was going to watch the new season of Real Housewives of New York City. Oh yeah. Um, and I have. Surprise. And I am I'm glad I did because I'm kind of into it. Wait, can we talk about this? Like what I I really actually when we texted about it, I really didn't think you were going to watch it. So what pushed you over the edge? Well, I'll tell you, Fran. <laughs> I am in Florida in my mom's house and there's cable TV and nothing else to do. That's so it. that's it. That's the only circumstances that could have gotten me to watch it. So now I'm 
locked in at least for a couple episodes until I inevitably get bored. So I really like the new Roni girls so far. Um, obviously, Jenna Lyons is mother, but also mommy. I'm like really attracted to her. She's hot. She has She's hot, hot vibes, hot energy, swagger. She's 100%. hot. I need her shoe closet. That is my goal in life. I came when that came. I was like actually like having a transcendental experience looking at her shoe closet. I also really like Bryn, who's the one whose tagline is like, mess with me and I'll fuck your dad. <laughs> She's the one that's behind this kind of Cheesegate thing that's happening right now. Is that yes, right? yes, Cheesegate. Okay. Well, you know, it is crucial for every Real Housewives franchise to have a some kind of altercation that is so minor and stupid, so. but the the repercussions of which ripple throughout the season and possibly entire run of the show. Yeah, it's very possible that what has now transpired in Cheesegate is something that will be relevant for seasons to come. It will, um, yes, it will drive the drama forward for maybe five seasons of the show. I really hated it. I know that Roni has is like always about. Like, Roni, and also just all Real Housewives are really good at manufacturing stupid, stupid plot lines. And I think that's part of the fun, right? That, like, these women are fighting about something as stupid as a cheese board. But for the premiere, and for what should be a entry point to all of these women, I did wish there was just, like, something a little more concrete. And I wouldn't be saying this, and I'm curious on your thoughts... I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't see from the preview that there really isn't that much drama to come either. Well, we don't we don't know. We only That's see true. what they have chosen to show us. Okay. But yeah. you know, I think part of the problem is that two of the women don't drink as they reveal in the second episode and we know that another thing you need to have a successful Real Housewives franchise is a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah, they all who need are, to be who drinking. are actually drinking. Um, you know, Uba, who I also really like, said in the second episode that she um, hasn't drank for years because she like kind of had a problem with it when she was younger. And I found myself being like, well, maybe you should pick that problem back up. <laughs> like, <that'd be> <laughs> no, uh, no, no, I would never. I would never wish that on anyone. Uh, um, I think one of the other women even said, like, I can't imagine. Like, Uba is already a lot to handle sober. I can't imagine what she would be like. Um, with a couple drinks in her, and I was like, "Well, I am imagining it, and I think it would be a sleigh." <laughs> but it you would know, be a sleigh. You didn't I watch. Her, I support her in her journey. So you didn't watch the most the most recent Ultimate Girls Trip, which was maybe my favorite Ultimate Girls Trip out of all the Ultimate Girls trips, and I've watched all of them. Um, but there is a really funny kind of like plot line slash tiff between Heather and. Leah Romini, the other, the fire. Not, not Leah Romini. Leah that Rim- is that is a different person. That what? is the that is the girly who left Scientology and was on King of Queens. Wait, who is Leah? Leah, what's her face? Leah, just Leah. No, just you don't Leah. need to know her last yeah. name. So between Leah Romini, I don't even know who that is. Um, so between um, Heather Gay and Leah Romini. It's actually it's actually Remini. Remini. And that's Remini. still not who she is. Remini. Um, okay, so between Leah and Heather, they're basically like Heather doesn't really realize that Leah is like an actual alcoholic alcoholic. Like I think Leah just says at one point, like, I don't drink or something. And so Heather's like literally to the other girls when Leah is not present, Heather's like, let's get her to drink. Yeah. Let's like let's get her to be fun. Like she should be drinking. Like 
And then Leah comes in. Which she's I'm like, sure the producers were also saying yes, off camera. Yeah. And then they were like, well, and then Leah comes in. She was like, um, that would ruin my life. Like, what? Like, but also it would be good TV. Um, it would okay, be so great TV. Back to Roni. This is very important. Phoebe has dropped in the chat that Bethany Frankel is calling for reality stars to unionize. Any thoughts? Any commentary? Yeah, they should. Everyone should unionize. That's true. Everyone we should support unionize. All, we, should put, we support any and all unions here on like. But okay, follow-up question. When the Real Housewives unionize, is it like each franchise gets like a strike captain? And if so, which wife from each franchise is the strike captain of each union? I actually don't know if any of them can be trusted <laughs> with that kind of responsibility. But I do think that someone like Heather Gay would want to be the strike she captain. She would want to be the strike captain. But no one sure. would ever want to listen to her. So it no. would probably end up being like Bethany. From old Roni, I feel like, yeah, it would be a Bethany, Bethany kind of situation. <sighs> yeah, there are no housewives that really have their shit together in that way. Maybe, but maybe- Jill Zarin, actually. Oh, Jill Zarin would be an amazing strike captain, and she does have Fran Drescher energy, so that actually does work really well. Um, okay, so on the total refresh of Roni, you said you have two housewives. Just, like, feelings in general. Three. Are, three. I like Uba, I, I like Bryn, and... And Jen- Jenna. Jenna. Okay, I obviously latched on to Jenna. I said to you when we chatted on the phone that like seeing Jenna Lyons on TV is like watching footage of the Loch Ness Monster. Like it's so (laughs) wild to behold her on television. She's so weird. She's such an anomaly. She's so massively successful in a way that most people aren't. And yet most people haven't really heard of her. Like, I think New Yorkers are the only people that know who she is. She's like, a very, if you know, you know kind ex- of celebrity. Exactly. Yeah. And I think she likes it that way, which is why I'm so surprised that she's doing something so radically outside well, of her. Well, clearly she doesn't like it that way. She clearly wants to be more famous. You yeah. don't go on Housewives if you don't want to be famous. No, you want to be famous. Um she, there really is no housewife like Jenna. Like, I don't know a whole lot of housewives that are just middle of the road. Like, she's stable. She seems, like, rational. She seems like a full human. But she also has some darkness. You know, in the she second does. episode, she opens up about her mom, who mm. had Asperger's and and is kind of the reason why she's a little stilted and cold. Mm. She also talked about being outed by the New York Post mm. um, when she had first started dating women. I forgot about that. And, you know, sh- so she definitely has some demons, and she's a freak. She's a freak, yeah. yeah. I, I listened to that song at the gym the other day five times in a row. That's too many times, girl. No, but it really got me going. It's not, it's not that good of it a song. It got the blood moving. <laughs> I don't even know what, like, my blood moving, like, um, honestly, I've been listening to the Barbie soundtrack. I know we're getting there, but, like, I, I have to. Do you want to hear, actually, what's on my gym playlist currently? Oh, yes, please. It is, and I'm not a playlist girl, but at the gym, I really need bops mm-hmm. to... This is not all bops, but it's a very weird collection of things that I added like two songs to a playlist and then I just kind of added the things that were suggested. Okay. So right now my gym playlist is Rush by Troy Sivan. Okay. Speed Speed Drive from Barbie. Okay. Grapefruit by Tuvalo or Tuvalo. Um Minute by Kim Petris. 
Love Minute. Runners High by Muna. World Class Sinner slash I'm a Freak from The Idol. Padam Padam, we know. Angel from the Barbie album, which is one of my favorites from the Barbie album, the Pink Panther song. Heated by Beyonce, I Can See You by Taylor Swift. Catwalk by RuPaul. <laughs> and then Catwalk is surpri- good. And then a surprise, Choose Your Fighter by Ava Max, also from the Barbie soundtrack. I do not like Ava Max. And I do think that the song sounds exactly like the two other songs of hers that I've heard, but it's good. I am learning right here and now that Ava Max was on the Barbie soundtrack. And I had no idea because I have her muted on Spotify. I have her muted on Twitter. I actually, I have the, the words, the phrase Ava Max muted on Twitter. Um, while we're here, honestly, okay, I will say, like, I also have Rush on my gym kind of, like, repeat, on repeat um, recently. Look, there's no shame in the Rush-a-zance or whatever it is right now. It's not a zance. It was never, it can't be a zance if it, if the, it is a new thing. The girls are treating it like a zance. It's let me not tell a zance. You. I, le- I don't know what you're talking about. This song is a bop. I think that the little vocal chorus part, like, would be better not on the chorus. That said, Rush is on. Um, I am also listening to the Barbie soundtrack. I think the Dua, I didn't like the Dua Lipa song at first, and now I think I like it. I also wake up to the opening Lizzo song every day. The Lizzo song is really good and really funny. And, so I mean, it's funny. especially funny in the movie, but it's it's one of the first Lizzo songs that I actually kind of like. And it, uh, sorry, not to get into, well, well, I'll get into Barbie stuff later. But um, I was just going to say Revelations from the Kim Petras, um, new Kim Petras album, I thought was good. I also love Minute. Um Minute's the only one that I liked when I gave the album a very cursory listen. I'm sure Kim Petras really wanted to be on the Barbie soundtrack, but she's not. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Today we are talking about Barbie. We both have seen it. And I think it's time to finally get into the Barbie of it all. Don't you, Fran? Yeah. I'm literally, I cannot contain my takes. Let's do I'm, this. I know. I've been waiting to hear. I'm so, I, we, okay, virgins, just to be really honest, we did talk briefly about Barbie yesterday on the phone. So I do kind of know your high level thoughts about it, but we have not gotten into the minutiae and that's what we're going to do today. And we're not going to do what I saw um, a comment. Okay. So I was recently reading through our, um, our uh, reviews on um, Apple podcasts. And one of them said that we never actually discuss pieces of culture we only say whether we think actors and tv shows are hot and then never give any substantial criticism about them so we're not gonna do that today well and that's not okay. even a real thing that we do whoa 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 back up back up back up first of all that's a completely defamatory thing to say about our podcast we talk a lot about how hot actors are yes okay but that yeah, we is- have a whole we have a suckometer for it we have a suckometer, lodometer, lodometer. Lodometer, lodometer. I'm so sorry. Well, we need a suckometer um, too. But listen, do not come to this podcast for salient journalistic like like perfectly executed criticism. Like I know that I like cosplay as a critic, but like look, we're not critics. We're friends talking about culture in normal ways and you are listening to us like on your commute or like in your car or like whatever and you get to pass the time with that and if you don't like it, you can get the fuck out. Yeah, I do not consider myself a critic. I don't really, I'm not going to say I don't believe in criticism. Like I definitely believe criticism has its place in art, but I'm not here to offer up a sort of intellectualized critique of media. I'm always thinking about things as a consumer, as someone who loves and consumes a lot of pop culture. And that's and what also, we're here to do. And we want to talk about whose loads we want to take. So yes, both. We can give a salient critique and also talk about taking someone's load. Thank you very much. Um, and exactly. let me tell you. The duality of Tran. Yes. Somet- the duality of Tran is that sometimes we do actually make really great critiques. But like our job is not to critique. Our job is to just like be interesting while we talk. This so that is a you comedy podcast. Yeah. So that you have something to do in your spare time. You're welcome. And it's free. Anyway, um, fuck that person. Let's anyway, talk about Barbie. Let's talk so, about Barbie. I'm very interested to see if the premise of the show is true and that we will have the exact opposite take about this movie and mm-hmm. almost every part of it. Um, so, Fran, what did you think? I loved it. I loved this movie. I I it's not a perfect movie. There are a lot of things 
in its execution where I was like, I was like, I don't know about that. But like overall, 10 out of 10, it's going to be nominated for Oscars. I think it's Greta Gerwig's best movie, extremely controversial take. And I did not stop having fun, did not stop having fun. And I think that that was really, that was a surprise for me because I just like went into this movie expecting it to disappoint me because there's been so much hype, right? There's been so much chat at this point about the movie. I was like, this so movie has- marketing n- at this yes, point. Yes, so much marketing. And I was like, this movie has no choice but to fail because I don't trust that Mattel can actually start an interesting conversation around Barbie or even like make it entertaining. And I also was thinking the movie would be more for kids, which it wasn't. Um, I actually think it's very explicitly for kids. But we'll, well, we'll, we'll discuss. Did you see the PG version or the PG-13 version? Because there are two different kinds of screenings. No, I saw the PG-13 version. You're like, I'm sure I saw the PG-13. Okay, so I that's definitely not, for ki- it's definitely not for kids, Diva. Um, but anyways. Okay, what did you think, Rose? I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun. I was not as gagged as I expected to be. I, mm, you know opposite. me, you know that I am really here to mostly enjoy things. Like, for the most part, I think some of the difference between you and I is that you kind of go into things expecting not to like them. And I really want to just have fun. And especially a movie like this that is such a movie, like a summer blockbuster. I was really primed to have a fucking blast and love it. And... You didn't love it. I didn't love it. I really liked it. But I did not love it. It was not as funny as I thought it would be. I did not laugh out loud a lot. Wow. I thought a lot of the... I don't know what you want to call it. Social commentary or sort of, you know, like feminist perspective of it was very defanged. Mm. Um, I thought it presented, as I said before, like presented a lot of ideas and asked a lot of questions without ever really trying to answer them. Mm. And I actually thought some of the performances were very underwhelming, specifically Margot Robbie. What? Yeah, Ah! I think Margot Robbie in a movie called Barbie was basically second fiddle to Ken, and that was kind of one of my major problems, is that Ken was the star of this movie. I... Oh. Wow, I was so... I was so buckled in for all of that, but that last bit really threw me, and I, I fundamentally disagree. But I don't want to start with what we disagree about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, yeah, yeah. let's start with what we... Let's start with something that we really agree on. I will say my kind of... The only thing that I really did not love about the movie was what I felt... of was a very ham-fisted hammering of the feminist messaging that this movie is, like, staked to, right? Like, I I don't feel, as you feel, that it was, quote-unquote, defanged. Like, I think that there were definitely, there was definitely a flattening of feminist ideas that happened on screen in order for it to be more accessible or for it to make more sense. But I think that there are many extremely kind of radical ideas about feminism introduced in this movie, even if they are kind of like sneaky on the side, like, like saying that like men should be like 
extracted from society and made into like a subservient population that is like feeding the dolls or whatever. Like that is like, there's something about that that's like kind of radical. There, there are a lot of elements about the anti-manness that a lot of conservative presses is a lot of conservative press are saying like, this is so anti-man. This is so anti-man. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, it is like, and like Lord of the Rings is anti-woman. Like, yeah, like these, like these, like movies can be, movies can have points of view. And I don't, I don't think that Greta Gerwig was sitting there being like, this movie is going to be so anti-man, but girl, all of the monologues we got, we got so many fucking monologues about women's empowerment. And it's like, one of them would have really hit home for me. Like they were all good, but like I only needed one. And I was like, at the end of the day, the feminist elements of the movie that I actually enjoyed were the jokes, like feminism jokes. But the ones that I didn't enjoy were the lectures when I felt like I was being told to. Yeah. Obviously I loved America Ferreira's monologue. Yeah. Me too. um, About womanhood. Which she helped write apparently. But also, Greta Gerwig has already done that in Little Women. Yeah. So it is a little bit copy-paste, even though it's presented in a new way. And I guess some of some of what I feel about it is, like, they put so much obvious feminism and social commentary in the movie so that there did not need to be a, a much deeper reckoning with those ideas Hmm. and that in presenting them in their most bombastic um, and spectacular way that that was enough. And I get it. Like, this is a kid's movie again. Like I know that we want to believe that this was made for us, but this is a children's movie. And so the ideas in it are present, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No. What I'm saying is that the ideas that are presented in it are presented in a way that children can understand. And that's why they are somewhat simple. And so I'm not saying I went into this movie looking for a radical presentation of feminism. And so I wasn't disappointed by not getting one. And I actually think the parts of this film that are most transgressive are, I'm not joking when I say that I think this is a trans movie. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to look further than the ending line, which some people might have groaned at it, but I think is pretty fucking punk. Yeah, That the movie ends with Barbie going to her gynecologist. I was... uh, That is fucking sick. Girl, can we talk about that? Actually, I was going to ask you about the last line. So so you loved it. I'm glad you... I loved it. I mean, I loved the scene I thought it was so funny. I loved the scene where Barbie told the construction workers that she didn't have a vagina and Ken didn't have a penis. Yes, so funny. They are are canonically a T4T couple. And then I loved that Barbie is a trans woman. Like, she is... She is a she is a D to F trans woman. A trans woman with a doll to female. She's a P. She's plastic to to female. She's P to F. Yeah, she's just got a little mound down there. Um. Okay. No, I'm glad you like the last line. I thought the resolution of the movie was maybe where I felt like it was the most. This oversimplification thing that you're talking about is very true, and I felt like in the resolution of the movie, I was like, mm, the existentiality and the like the the element of the of it where it's like no life goes on and dolls are forever and so you can be forever and i thought that was really cool like that i think worked but the way it's that very profound but yes. also but also this is the thing it's this movie is both 
profound and vague at the same time. It is. It is. Like the rules of this world are so unspecified. And that's fine. I love fantasy movies or fantastical movies where you never fully understand the rules of how the world works. Like, I liked that, you know, the the guys from the boardroom could roller skate into Barbie land and we didn't really need to know no. the mechanics of it. Or Barbie could, like, sit on a bench and have a vision and we didn't really ask questions about why she was able to do that. Or she was able to turn into a human and we don't really need to understand how that happened. But yet those things happen and we're supposed to see them as being incredibly profound and meaningful, but how we got there is like kind of a blur. So I do think that takes away a bit from how impactful they can be. So it's a a, a little bit of a paradox to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The movie is all at once oversimplified and incredibly complex. I respond to maximalism. I respond to a lot of ideas and a plethora of ideas as opposed to like a dearth of ideas or a movie that is trying too hard to be safe, which is I part of why. Dearth. I just yes, to, to love the word dearth. Um, and that's part of the reason why I really, really love this movie is I was just like, maximalism is like subjectively my tea. And so I was just having so much fucking fun throughout this movie. But I wonder if I can kind of, I really fucking love this movie and I'm going to go see it again. And I wonder, honestly, when you go see it again, because I think you might too. Yeah, I want to I really want to see it again because I think a lot more could be gleaned from a second closer viewing of it. Because I'm sure there was stuff that I missed, stuff that will hit better or different on the second viewing. And maybe once I'm past the initial reaction of seeing this thing that we all have been waiting and in, waiting for and anticipating for so long like maybe I'll appreciate it more as much as I didn't like the quote unquote feminism of this movie it's depiction of womanhood and especially the stuff that it did around mothers and daughters even though like that is another place where it was like very specific and very vague at the same time because it's like yes we get that there's this whole thing about ruth handler creating barbie and now she's barbie's mother and barbie takes her daughter's name when she goes in the real world and like rio perlman has that great line that like mothers stand still so their daughters can look back and see how far they've come like that's a beautiful line but at the same time it's like that's not what the whole movie's about it's kind of like shoehorned in in the last act a bit um but i did really like it and i saw this movie with my mom and that was a really beautiful experience and my mom loved this movie and she was very lukewarm about seeing it she was Mm. like yeah i'll see it but like i don't really care and Mm. she loved it and it was like actually really nice to see it with her and you know greta gerwig makes does great storytelling around mothers and daughters and actually when my mom and i left the movie we were we were in the car and she was pulling out and she looked over at me and she went aren't you so happy that you're a woman and like that was that oh was very my beautiful God. that's so cute there's plenty to celebrate in march and ex- 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Maybe this movie is more profound for women of my mom's generation who are somewhat in between the time when Barbie was introduced and the world we live in, kind of directly between the time when Barbie was created and where we are now, and the women who really are kind of standing still in the middle of those two polar opposite sides of womanhood. Um, So I I did really appreciate that. And then, of course, like... I appreciate this film on a technical level. It was beautiful to look at. I loved how much, you know, practical work went into this. Like all the soundstage stuff was beautiful. Barbie land was beautiful. The costumes were amazing. And so fun. Like the fact that there's like no water, like there's no like liquids, right? There's no ocean because you can't put that on dolls. And like their, their feet, the flat feet, like there's so many things where it's like, cinematic invention like just like you the world building made made me like so happy step by step by step it's like every it's like it wasn't enough for us to get this huge induction of barbie world which was so rich there was so much going on but like throughout the whole film there were these little reveals that are just like oh yeah and the, the barbie also has these like this these are archi- these archival fashion moments which i thought were so cool where they like not the palazzos not that the palazzos so, so funny that was so many moments. my favorite line of the movie um but then harry neff things- screaming flat feet was definitely one of my favorite it was one. great so funny. a lot of the references to older barbies um the jokes about midge were really funny oh and they I showed love- earring magic ken Yes, I loved Earring Magic Ken and Sugar's Daddy. And obviously Sugar's we love we love Alan. Um, Alan! He is, he is a king. What's um, Alan on the lodometer? 
I would suck. <laughs> I would suck, Alan. Would suck. Well, okay, so it's giving genitalia. a... He doesn't have genitalia, so... Right. But... But you know what? I tweeted that Alan would be ass up in the Mojo Dojo Casa house and someone replied saying that he doesn't have genitalia. You know, those Barbies can, as I know from experience, you can rub their, you know, um, sort of like weird um, blobby genitals against each other and can, still make magic happen. You can pound the mound, so to speak. There were certain... <laughs> You're I, like, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I, li- I do like pound the mound. Um, I... There were things that I wanted more of. Like, I loved Helen Mirren's breaking the fourth wall joke about Margot Robbie. Like, that was great. Wait, I actually oh, think so good. I actually think there should have been more Helen Mirren narration. Yeah, like, if you're going like, to if you're going to use that device, use it more and actually use that to give us more of a window into what Barbie's thinking as she's trying to grow. Because that's the thing. Besides a couple moments where Margot Robbie has like a single tear or whatever. I found her performance at times to be very opaque and like, I didn't really understand what was going on beneath the surface. And I think part of that is because she's literally playing a doll, but you know, Barbie is, she's like the, with the Ken of it all, like Barbie is the, she's the straight woman in her movie. Yeah. And Ken is the one who gets to have all the fun. Hmm. Yeah. That is kind of, that is kind of it. Um, there was some fun for Barbie, you know, like I, but I, I'm trying to find common ground in, in, in what you're saying. Cause I really, I feel like she was perfect for this role. I feel like there is a vacuousness and an emptiness to her and her performance that worked really, really well. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't feel that there was an imbalance. I know a lot of people actually feel like there was this kind of like fight between the two leads of the film. I honestly was so focused on the ensemble. I didn't really feel like the movie had much of a primary character. It's just that Barbie was like kind of the, what everything was orbiting around, like the epicenter. Um, But, you know, I will agree with you that there, there are moments where, Margot Robbie sometimes just plays the same shtick over and over again when she needs to be something of a cartoon that lacks that like added layer. Like what she does in I, Tanya is like, like to me her 110%, like she's so fucking layered and there's so much going on with her in I, Tanya, but something like um, birds of prey. I was like, you're just, it's like line delivery, line delivery, line delivery, line delivery, really weird voice and accent. Like, and I feel distracted. And maybe like with Barbie, it's like, there's more acting in like the caricature of Barbie than there is actually like in the acting. And I wasn't mad at that. Um, I never, there wasn't a moment really during the movie where I felt like Margot wasn't really delivering, but I will agree that she didn't really feel like the lead, so to speak. And I don't mind that. No, she, I, I, I guess I was expecting more. And I, I think maybe this might just be a Margot Robbie thing. Cause I am looking back on other performances of hers and I don't know that she's ever gagged me on screen. Like I do like her as Harley Quinn and I liked the Harley Quinn movie, but even there, I don't think she's necessarily like the best part of that movie. Do you I remember I, Tanya? Like, yeah. I mean, our, I, Tanya, she's, she's good. I guess I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, she's so good in that movie. I don't know, but I think it's, it's not that she was bad. It's that Ryan Gosling was just so good yeah. and was given so much more to work with. He was fine. That she was just a little overshadowed. And 
Um, and also the part that is the part of the movie where I guess she does her most growing, which is when she's in the the human world, was kind of my least favorite part of the movie. Hmm. I actually think the second act of this film is its weakest part. Hmm. I, mm, okay, I will say, so, okay, Barbie world to human world, it was bound to happen. The parts of, like, the kind of human worlds that I did like in the second half of the movie was everything at Mattel. Like, I thought Will Ferrell... I thought everything was perfectly Mother. cast. I thought the whole ensemble was so perfectly cast to from like, you know, fucking from Ruth to Helen Mirren to Lizzo doing the opening song to Will Ferrell doing Mattel. Like I just thought every, every like time after time again, I was like, yes, that's exactly who should be doing this. Um, but I, I think with the Will Ferrell stuff, I was really shocked. And part of why I really loved the movie was by how surprised I was by the lengths at which a corporation was willing to make fun of itself and not just that, like invest a lot of money in completely ridiculing itself. Like not just ridiculing its entity, but ridiculing a boardroom filled with people that work at Mattel. Like that's amazing. Like I cannot believe that that version of the script was made. Like, isn't that cool? It is cool, but I'm not surprised by it at all because it is all to the end of selling Barbies. But how could you, but the thing is, when has a corporation ever done that? When has like a, a a piece of intellectual property as big as Barbie or even close to as big as Barbie ever been like, yeah, let's make fun of everyone, not just the thing that we sell, but everybody that works here too. Like well, that's Disney's, radical. Disney's been doing that since Enchanted with the yes. way that it with the way that it skewers the idea of Disney princesses. Not the it's bo- not it's, it's, it's not, not as but yeah. No, true. but, but it's true. not as pointed it's not they're not literally putting Disney executives in their movie, but they are pretending to be in on the joke of the criticism of their very product to the ultimate end goal of selling tickets to movies and then selling merchandise. But the thing is to do that, to do what Mattel did, and and also like have jokes about penises, vaginas, like gynecologists, like really, I think like layered and like sometimes radical feminist ideas in this movie. Like I, I feel like I want to reward this project. Like I, I want to build it. I feel like I know it's like so stupid because it's like Mattel and this is a bajillion dollar entity and they're going to make so much money but it's just like i do wish that people went there like i this is the most fun and i know these we had very different experiences but like this is the most fun i've had in a theater since everything everywhere all at once and everything everywhere was my favorite movie i had seen in years like i loved it was not mine i know i know um i the things that i loved about the film were the things that it was like unafraid to it was unafraid to be weird. Like it wanted to be weird. It wanted to be maximalist. It had tons of ideas and decided to go for a lot of them. And it didn't try to be perfect. It didn't try to be palatable. It didn't try to please people. And this movie is extremely unpalatable to its target demographic, which is America. Like the the mainstream Midwestern cishet America. 
is not some there. It's not, I know that like, honestly, your mom is like a really good example of like the kind of woman that actually is perfect for a movie like this, but the rest of America diva is going to hate this movie. You know what I mean? Or they're not going to get it or it's going to be too complicated. They're going to think it's too weird. And that's why I think it's really cool that a movie like this and a movie like everything everywhere was so successful, not because it's like so important for women or not because it's like, oh my God, it's like amazing, perfect art. It's like, no, it's amazing because it is a completely original script that ran with extremely complicated and weird ideas and pulled it off to massive success. That's why I loved it. I mean, I I agree, but I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, A, I think this movie is too big to fail. Yeah, sure. Like, Barbie as an entity and the juggernaut of this film are just too big to fail. It's true. And then also, I don't actually know if this movie and the way it presents is radical when you think about... Because I actually, in seeing this film, I really appreciated our episode with Trixie Mattel about Barbie Mm. because it made me understand that actually this very much fits into the legacy of Barbie, which is presenting a product that you are unsure if the world is going to receive well, and there is actually a lot of opposition to it, and it still is a success anyway. So I don't believe releasing this movie is like Mattel going against its like values or no. customer base. I think it actually is... But it's a huge risk. It, I, I think it is seemingly very in line with what Barbie specifically has always been. But that's my point is that if it was too big to fail, Mattel very easily could have just made this movie directed by Ava DuVernay. And then it's just like a normal action with the lightest message ever. And, and like maybe a little boring, you know what I mean? Like there's a version of this that is just like a straightforward, no frills action movie. And they didn't do that. You know, I thought, That's like why I was so, I honestly, here's the thing. If the movie had had zero marketing, like, I feel like I would have walked into this movie very differently. And I think you would have too. And yeah, I don't, I just like thought that something this huge would not have any sort of like legs to stand on in the art, in the art realm. Like I didn't think it was going to be good art and I didn't think it was going to be good critique. And I thought it was great art and I thought it was great critique. Well, that is where I will have to disagree with you a little bit because, like, as I, okay, so I want to circle back to what I kind of briefly touched on in talking about Oppenheimer, which is that Oppenheimer. Did you enjoy this, Oppenheimer more than Barbie? Right here I and now. I need a while to sit with it, but maybe it's possible. Ah! <laughs> it's it's possible. Um, I think you're just being contrarian. Oppenheimer is very much about someone reckoning with the dangerous world altering thing that they've introduced into the world and being haunted by that. I do believe that Barbie presents that same idea and quandary, but ultimately does not really answer it and kind of just shrugs its shoulders. Like even at the end when America Ferreira is like, Let's make an ordinary Barbie, you know? It's kind of like, okay, sure. It's all 
Well, and it's like, and that's it. And that's the resolution of the of this huge question. Is like, is Barbie bad? Is Barbie good? Does Barbie make women hate themselves, or does Barbie build women up? And you know, we've been on this journey with stereotypical Barbie the whole movie, realizing that the world that exists in Barbie Land, where they think they've solved the problems of feminism, does not exist in the re- in the real world, and being tasked with figuring out if she is complicit in that and that question is never answered and well, like i know i know that question doesn't really have an answer yeah but then i'm like then why even ask the question well the thing okay so here's the thing though is i agree that the question is not necessarily i feel like the 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 problems of feminism are not resolved in the movie yes because they are not resolved in real life I mean, they're resolved in Barbie land, it looks like, which I think is cool. And I think that that is part of, I think that's the part, part of the appeal for me is that the movie was disinterested necessarily in having a perfectly succinct answer as to like how we can do better. But the movie definitely made Barbie complicit. Like a hundred percent, I think it said, yes, Barbie is complicit in this, this, and this. The reasons that I feel, and I know I keep saying like, the word radical. I should like back off of that because it's not that radical. But like the reason I did say that is because like this movie is educating a massive population of people around ideas that they otherwise never would have heard of. Like, Oh, you mean like the 25,000 times they say the word patriarchy? No, I hate that. Hate that. Let me tell you, if there's one thing that this movie could have done without, it's like they needed to say patriarchy and feminism like 50 times less. Like we needed patriarchy said like two or three times and feminism said once and just for jokes. And the rest was like, it's like, girl, you don't have to say it. Say something else. You don't have to say it. Like it's so annoying. Anyways, I will never forgive Ken and possibly this movie as a whole for making horses something that are tied to men. Horses, <laughs> I love that. Horses are for girls. It is horse girls, not horse kens. Okay? Yeah. As horse a kens. proud horse girl, proud I horse girl. say this message. Slash buy our horse girl t-shirt on likeavirgin42069.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free hey guys lavar errington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new toyota truck like a rugged half ton tundra workhorse by nature powerhouse by design the tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures and with the available iforce max hybrid powertrain you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma 
delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Things that were radical on the educating level. Like, if Trixie hadn't told us, I never would have thought about the fact that dolls only existed as baby dolls until Barbie came along. Did not know that before Trixie. Would not have known that before this film. That's like so, that's like an immaculate way to set up Barbie as like an actual kind of like trailblazer or whatever. But like the the things about this where I was just like, whoa. First of all, the genitalia stuff. I was like, I can't believe they said that. That felt so cool and weird and fun to do. I thought that weird Barbie being in this movie was also like, it's like showing this way that like you play with your doll too hard and that happens to your doll sometimes. It's like, that's a thing that happens. Like people do that. And like for, for Mattel to be like, yes, people do that. And it's okay if your Barbie is weird, you know, like, um, but like with the feminism of it all. Yeah. Okay. I think that the, the word feminism was said too many times as, and as I said, there were too many monologues about it. It's just like, we only needed one monologue, but there were so many different tangents that didn't work. But like for the movie to kind of have this like, war of the sexes like the battle of the sexes i thought that was really smart and then for it to be a kind of swindling of an entire gender to usurp them and to prevent them from voting in the constitution that's like again i'm not gonna say radical i need to find a different word to say but like that's i think transgressive those are that's transgressive thank you that is the word that's extremely transgressive like um, for for Ken and the other Kens to have this like intercommunal conversation to be like, we are the arbiters of to basically figure out that they are the arbiters of their own suffering, right? Like that that is something that they are all responsible for, even though they didn't realize it. That's like Bell Hooks. That's like literally Bell Hooksian. Bell Hooks wrote the script. Yes, <laughs> but and that's the thing is like I wouldn't be saying any of this shit, but it's Greta Gerwig. She's a f- smart fucking person and. Um, this movie... And I Noah like, Baumbach, never forget that right, right, Noah right. Baumbach did co-write this movie with her. Right. Ugh, Half God. written by a man. I actually... God, I... God, I wanted to forget that. Um, Greta, listen. This I like this movie so much that the next day I went and watched Francis Ha. Because I was like, let me, let me tell you, I forgot what this movie was about, and so let me go and watch it again. And... It's like the opposite of Barbie in that like Barbie is like, what can Greta do with the most? And Frances Ha is like, what can Greta do with the least? Well, she didn't direct Frances Ha. But she was, she didn't she write it? I don't know. I've never seen it actually. Yes. Noah directed this movie. Sorry. But they made it together. Same with Barbie. It's like they made it together. The creative collaborators. 
Something that I loved in thinking about Francis Ha to Barbie was like that Greta Gerwig's brain is like really crowded. And I think that's cool. Like, I like that there was so much going on and it, I don't know, it made me feel seen. Like my brain is really crowded, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I guess it's probably Noah's brain too, huh? I do think, um, her, I think uh, whoever's brain it was, like, they're very clever. Like, I didn't think this movie was laugh out loud hilarious, but I thought it was very clever. And yeah. that is still very worthwhile to me as an audience member, as a consumer of art. And, like, again, I, I did really like the movie and I had fun. I just, I thought this movie was going to be something that I would love. It felt yeah. like primed for me to love it a thousand percent and it seems like everyone else i know is loving it that much and i didn't see that's fine that's fine it's fine it's fine to just like a movie and really enjoy it it's fine but i'm not going to like make barbie my whole personality i'm you know that and that's okay i'm going to um no i'm not i can't that'd be way too basic but i will say okay when i walked out of the movie i obviously immediately thought of you and i was like i know rose is gonna hate the volume of kind of talky feminist stuff that happened in this movie as did i i was like i know that's something rose is gonna respond negatively to but i thought that you were just i thought you were gonna love like weird barbie and i thought you were gonna love like the contemplations of death and i thought the existentialism again transgressive i thought you were gonna love like the fashion moments i thought you were gonna love the fact that like um that like that there's no the play the things that are like child's play like that there's no water and you pretend to eat food i was like that's very rose but you know what i would have loved all that stuff if i hadn't seen it all before the movie came out. Yeah. Too, too Kinda, much yeah. was given away about this movie in trailers, in profiles and interviews. And like, that's part of the problem is the insane lead up to this movie. We were given so much because this movie had to be a huge success. So they pulled every lever they had. And to me, that's too many levers. I needed a lot more of this to be shrouded in mystery because the stuff with like no juice in the cup was like in the New Yorker story about Mattel or or, like in one of the Margot Robbie profiles. And like the, you know, like all of those other, all of these other little things were all spoiled. And you know me, I don't really care about spoilers, but for something like this, I wish some of the magic had been reserved for the movie theater experience because this is a movie that is really magical but we knew the conceit of it so for so long see from when that first trailer was released but that's the thing is we actually didn't really know exactly the plot like we saw a lot of images and i agree that there was we knew too enough. much there was too much spoiled for the movie i agree but here's the thing everything that was spoiled for me personally was just the tip of the iceberg of what I experienced in the maximalism that was that movie. I, you know, I just, I respectfully disagree. And that's fine. And And I think it's great that this movie prompts these conflicting responses from us and that it still made us feel things. I'm so glad you loved it. And I do think it will stand the test of time in a lot of ways. For me, 
this movie ended up being a lot quieter and more emotional. And I think the thing that I will take from it is that moment sitting in the car with my mom after the movie. Yeah. And like, that is still a, a worthwhile reason to make art for me to be able to have that moment with my mom. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's like, and the movie, like, it's, it's the movie, like, orbits around really, really dark ideas around real womanhood and really like existential kind of like even defeatist ideas about womanhood. Like the, the, like a lot of the characters are like, is it even worth it to try and fight something so structurally as big as the patriarchy? Like, is, is this even a battle that can be fought, you know? And the movie is kind of like, no, like, patriarchy is never going to be solved in our lifetime, but like, isn't it worth it to try? Like, that's what I love about the movie is that the movie is basically just like, isn't it worth it to try and make things better? And in, in, in the kind of act of that, make yourself happy and make yourself believe that things can be changed. Like that to me, this is the the transgressive element that I'm talking to you about is like, there's something about that that is kind of about like feminist organizing ideas. Like that's really cool. Um, but outside of that, most importantly, Phoebe is asking on the lodometer, what is Ken? And would you suck Ken? Oh, absolutely. I would suck Ken. I did not find Ryan Gosling attractive in any of the lead up to this film. Whoa. It's not like I thought he was ugly, but I wasn't. No, but it's not. But I wasn't like would suck. But then watching the movie, I was like, would would suck. suck. Yeah. Um, another important question from Phoebe. Can you talk about if you would, if you were in the movie, what Barbie would you be? Do you mean, okay, so I'm going to You kind of would say, be existential thoughts of death Barbie. Well, no, no, but let's make up our own. Because I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say, like, I would be, like, Issa Rae. Or, yeah, but, no. Um, oh, also, I thought, I thought Dua Lipa Mermaid Barbie was so fucking lame. Well, and she only had three thing lines. That I wish, another thing that I wish hadn't been spoiled. That would have been a gag if it had been a she, surprise cameo. Well, she was, exactly. She should have been a surprise. She was in the movie as much as she was in the trailer. But again, like, they needed her to market it. And, like, that's why, like, at the end of the day, we will never be able to unlink this film from its capitalist propaganda. And, no. like, whatever. That's fine. It's literally based on a doll. So um, you would be fan fiction famous Barbie. Well, I've never been fan fiction famous. That's what I'm so saying. I this would... is Barbie World. Okay, in Barbie World, um, you're fan fiction famous. Maybe. Sorry, I'm just I'm... projecting this onto you. I'll let you answer your own question. I think I'm like suicidal Barbie. Not like, suicidal not even, not even Barbie. Like, not even like thoughts of death Barbie. No, I'm like impatient Barbie. <laughs> impatient Barbie. <laughs> or no, no, no. Here, I'm Malgoth Barbie. Malgoth Barbie. You're Malgoth Barbie. She comes with like a um a hot topic diorama. Yeah, and it is it is like a um a collab with Hot Topic. It's sold yeah. exclusively in stores. She comes with um, like seventy two rubber bracelets. Yes, and scene bangs, and like a studded choker, a laptop in which she's writing her Harry Potter fanfiction. She probably has like bonded jeans that like can zip off. Like there are elements that can like there has to be a kind of um, you know, a kind of like uh, attachable detachable element to it. Mm-hmm. She has a functional penis, and, <laughs> and and um, like a dull kitchen knife that she stole that she doesn't exactly cut herself with. No, but like. But like, um, just like touches makes lines in her skin with. Yeah, yeah, just lines, just lines. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. so what Barbie would you be? My Barbie would be. 
I don't know, like caffeinated emails, Barbie. Like, I don't know. Like oh, <laughs> circling back, Barbie. <laughs> Checking <laughs> in, Barbie. I just want to follow up on this, Barbie. Oh, um, following up, Barbie. God. I, I know Holding that that's, space, Barbie. That is kind of my re- reputation in previous working years, but like I hate doing that now. Like, I don't want to follow up with anybody on anything. I, like, I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. Please don't make me do it. Um yeah, be, what yeah, is my actual out Barbie? Of office Barbie? My Barbie would be like a trans girl slut organizer. I don't know. Um, that's very literal. No, <laughs> that's way that too away literal. from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, exactly. Let's let's rethink that. You're gonna be. I think you're you're on the list, Barbie. You're on the list, oh. Barbie. You're like in line outside of the club. That's well, you're good. Not in line, but you're walking up to the bouncer at the club. You've got like your little like sh- you're in like a Chipotle Luena skirt. Yes, uh, Chipotle Luena uh, for Mattel, and yeah. it comes with like a a, a life size skirt for your yeah. owner. Rick um, Owens heels for sure. Rick, um, do you own Rick Owens heels? No, of course really not. See you as a Ri- I don't see you as a Rick Owens girl. You're I'm wearing not a pair of Cyro heels. No, no, no. I'm. I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm reaching high. I can't afford Rick Owens. So Barbie has the Rick Owens, and I know that Rick makes my size. I guess I don't have to worry about shoe size if I'm a Barbie, actually. So yeah, if I wanted to wear... A little, you've got a Barbie size Okay, so bar. if I'm wearing anything I want, then I'm definitely wearing those Bottega platform boots. The ones that, like, okay. go up your knee that are just black. Chipova skirt. Um, a little bag of Coke tucked inside my Telfar. Like, the bag of Coke is going to be, like, like a quarter the size of a thumbnail. Like, it's got to be super-duper small and really cute. And a phone, and the screen has, like, a... A painted on message that it's a text and it just says, where are you? Where are you? Question mark, question mark, question mark. On the list, Barbie. On the list, Barbie and Mall Coming Barbie. to a target near you in 2020 never. Barbies, slide into our DMs and let us know what you thought of Barbie. Did you agree with my take? Did you agree with Fran's take? Are you somewhere in the middle? What Barbie are you? We want to know. Um, also, you can be a consumerist shill and buy our merch at likeavirgin42069.com. And you can become a patron at patreon.com slash likeavirgin for weekly bonus episodes. And now weekly and just like that recaps. Um, follow us at like a virgin for 2069 on Instagram and you can follow me anywhere you want at Rose Domu. You can follow me at Francisco anywhere you like. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman and Nikki Etor. Until next week, bye Barbie. Bye Barbie. Bye Barbie. Bye Barbie. Bye Barbie. Bye Barbie. Nice. I was hoping you would go low for that last one. (laughs) And here's a clip from this week's Patreon episode. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash like a virgin. Well, there's like artistic time or there's like drag time. I think trans time is like quantum leap, like realms, you know, the, the walls between the worlds becoming thin and people transversing those, you know. (laughs) I think it's Adam Sandler. Okay. Yeah, that's you're right. combining right. you're combining Bruce Almighty and Click, which like they are kind of the same movie in a lot of ways. This I kind think of they like, are too. Like like cis het dad like wish fulfillment controlling everything in his life.
Um, you know what, though? This is horrible. I love Adam Sandler, and I love his movies. No, please. And people die for Click. People people are Click pills. Click, down. click like, was everyone... a little sad. <laughs> um, but, like, Happy Gilmore, I'm sorry, she eats. She, Billy Madison, she, she eats. She, like, Billy Madison is amazing. <laughs> I've actually never seen Agreed. it. How's that possible? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, it's a really good movie. <clears throat> Um, I love that we're talking about Billy Madison, which is kind of the opposite of Barbie culture. I don't know. How we here. I, I don't know. know. I think like, they're, this... you know, in the same in the same realm. I'm sure we could figure out a way to connect them. Do we think Adam Sandler has ever played with dolls? Uh, you know, I would love Adam Sandler's a celebrity that I think at this point I hope gets like a legacy doll. You know, they. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so focused on getting a star on the Walk of Fame or whatever. I'm sorry, having a doll is five thousand times better than that. Oh yeah, I, I it must be like I think I always like when you see whatever new sort of um, like diva character actress has like been swept up into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The thing they always seem the most gagged by is when they get an action figure. Um, so yeah. I imagine that's like a really like insane experience, one that you have um, some familiarity with. Oh, yeah. Like, winning Drag Race is cool. A lot of things have been cool. That Seeing the doll for the first time was like, it, it was like, click. It was like, fast forward, rewind and fast forward through everything in my life up until that moment. It was so crazy. But, um, and it's still cool. They, I mean, they're definitely out there, sold out. I bought 25, which I know is insane. <laughs> but I just didn't want to run out, and I wanted to be able to give them as professional gifts to, like, everyone in my life who I felt should have one. And I st- probably still have maybe five left over because I only have one of those Funko pops and that those like are impossible to get now. Okay. Well, have you ever made two of your dolls scissor? I haven't made two of my doll scissor, but I love, we have one, we have the prototype out on a shelf at my drag studio and we have some of this other celebrity dolls there. You know, we have a share, we have a, a Donnie Osmond, we have Twiggy. So sometimes it's fun to like have them interact or, um, you know what I wanted to do? And this was so, I should have, because my doll is by Integrity, the same people who made like, the RuPaul doll or the Amanda Lepore doll. And when I was doing Queen of the Universe this year, you know, the new judge is Mel B, Scary Spice. And I was right. like, mm-hmm. I-, I have to bring a Scary Spice. Because I have all of the Scary Spice dolls they've ever made. I said, I have to bring one. And I have to get a picture of her and I with our dolls. And I did not have the, I did not have the, the strength and the bravery to do that. Did but you I should bring, Did you bring the doll and then like pussy out? Or did you like, what was the, what was the deal? <sighs> Well, David told me to bring one of his, to bring one of the dolls in the packaging and be like, "You have to have her sign it to you. Like, you have to." And I was like, "Okay." So I got her to do that on the last day of filming, but I didn't have the courage to pick out because I thought, "Oh, if she and I maybe do some kind of TikTok or something." I don't know. I was just trying to be young and trying to create content. Well, there's always <laughs> next season, babe. Yeah, maybe there's next season. Happen. Yeah, we there's got to be more singing drag queens in the world. You have had Rue sign one of your dolls, though. Thus, you know, a- a- appreciating the value of that doll immensely. Thank you, Rue. Yeah, well, I have all the... I have a bunch of the RuPaul Integrity dolls from the 90s. And I have the new Integrity dolls from the 20, you know, 10s and beyond. And I have the Amanda doll, which I think was only available at FAO Schwartz. And one time I asked Amanda, I was like, I'm looking for one of your dolls. Where do I get one? She was like, I don't even know anyone who has one. And I found one on eBay and... David bought it for me. It was like $800, but it's amazing. It has a pussy. The tits are perfect. Like, it's amazing. It's an amazing doll. Because I love Barbie, but I love 
all dolls. I collect all types, even though Barbie's like my number one, obviously. An Amanda Lepore doll, that is like a prized possession. Like did A it, doll of a doll. Did it come yeah. with did it did it come with like the six or seven other like, you know, kind of bottle boy twink dolls that come with the Amanda <laughs> Lepore doll? You know, the ones that hold the champagne and shake, you know, like one, the one that holds the flash. Yeah. <laughs> the one that just holds the flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's just Some, holding like 18-year-old 18-year-old non-binary intern with like um, a flash. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who's like fresh. And they, and they both kind of smell like cigarettes and like um cotton candy. Yeah. Totally. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.